Hello and welcome to episode three of Freight to the Point, a podcast by Zen Cargo. Really excited about our content this week. What we're going to do is share the really fantastic speaker session that we covered in our Navigate Smarter Virtual Summit back at the end of April. For anyone who has listened to the Navigate sessions that we've run once a quarter over the last year, you'll know that the summit is a conference where a number of fantastic leaders across supply chain get together to talk about what's going on in the industry and what disruption is likely to look at in the future. The session that we're going to cover today is building for a smarter supply chain. And I was lucky enough to be joined by Priscilla Parrish, the amazing head of logistics at Velocity Commerce, and our very own Timir Strauss, the chief product and technology officer at Zen Cargo. And we got together to talk about what goes wrong in supply chain, how tech can help supply chain professionals reach their goals and have more ambitious conversations, and how we see the role of tech and supply chain evolving over time. I found the conversation super enjoyable, and I hope you enjoy listening to it today. We're going to talk about building for a smarter supply chain. So Priscilla and Tamir, I'm going to hand over to you quickly to introduce yourselves and your backgrounds a little bit. Priscilla, why don't you kick us off? I'm Priscilla, head of logistics here at Velocity Commerce. I've been here for just over a year now. And previous to that, I worked for Mountain Warehouse and I was in charge of all of the logistics movements and retail operations for North America. Fantastic. Thank you, Priscilla. Tamir. I'm Tamir Strauss, Chief Product and Technology Officer at Zencargo. I've been here for just over 18 months. And my background is in various industries. I've never worked in supply chain before this, uh, but I've been in technology for, for many, many years. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation. I'm really looking forward to thinking about how we can pull the data and the tech together. So let's cast our minds back. And Priscilla, I'm going to send this question over to you first. What technical problems have you personally run up against when it comes to trying to build a reliable supply chain? Uh, I mean, you know, besides the global pandemic that we've all had, we've all run into in the past two years, you know, um, there's been total loss of visibility or even just gaps in a visibility of where freight is in the world, road, sea, air, where, wherever it may be. There's been lack of consistent, reliable data. And there's also been disjointed systems, you know, where the systems aren't talking to each other properly. And sometimes it feels where you have to be the translator almost of information. You have to be that intermediary person and in translating what this system says to this system in order to get that. And that always is, causes bottlenecks. Um, and just meaningful data, getting like the meaningful sort of information from those systems, you know, that causes a bottleneck and complete failure almost in terms of the process and ruining processes. It sounds like a headache, even before even before the last two years. And and I suppose, I mean, those challenges, I'm sure so many of our audience are, you know, they're going to resonate with them. But for you, what have been some of the most painful consequences of not having sufficient, accurate, up-to-date data? You know, what does that pain feel like? It's always going to drill back down to loss of revenue, loss of money. You know, it's it, you you always follow the money always follow the money wherever your black hole is and you're leaking money that is probably you know what needs to be supported and cultivated and made better plus time time is money as well and when you have inconsistent data when you have poor vision uh insight into where your freight is you 
you, you're spending most of your time doing that very manual, finding it. Where is this? Calling people, emailing people. And your time could be better spent on many other things that drive the business forward rather than trying to unhalt the production. I can completely imagine that. Not only more valuable things, but probably much more enjoyable things as well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Great. And Tamir, you mentioned you've been in the supply chain industry for just over 18 months now. In terms of what you've seen from you know, the businesses that you've spoken to and, and the way that you're working with Sencargo, what problems are, are you sort of facing and seeing? Yeah, I think the way Priscilla described it is very consistent across most of our customers and, and people that we talk to. It's, it's the problem of using Excel as, as your main tool of collating information. It's the problem of basically having very disparate systems, your, your ERP and other systems that your manufacturers are using, and none of these systems talk to each other, so information doesn't flow. There's no kind of notion of real-time data at all. Uh, and, and everything is usually inaccurate. Um, so your visibility is very, very limited, but even when you have visibility, it's usually not necessarily the correct visibility, which ends up usually in a situation where you have to deal with problems with disasters, with emergencies, rather than being able to foresee something might be going wrong and kind of preemptively address the situation. And as Priscilla said, I mean, this has direct impact on the business, uh, higher costs, lower revenues, all these things. So the problems are very, very similar. And and the uh, the landscape looks quite similar across um, most of our customers. And a lot of this to do with the fact that there are many legacy systems and supply chain, uh, both within the customers, but also everyone else that is involved in, in the industry. I mean, the, the stat is that up to 20 companies are involved in each shipment. And, and as you can imagine, most of them would have either very different systems or very old systems or no systems at all. It makes such a lot of sense. And I think it was Bjorn earlier on in his session who, I think he might have been guessing this number, but I'm going to trust his guess. He has estimated that 80% of supply chain professionals are still working in Excel. And Priscilla, I know when we spoke before, you mentioned Excel, the tool we love to love, but love to hate was such a, a big part of supply chain and disparate systems, not only Excel, seem to be a challenge. Tell us a bit more about the time that you see being lost just through Excel alone. So in previous experience inside both of these companies, both companies I've worked for in the past, Excel is a great tool, like we've said, and it can do really amazing things, but also it is very manual. One comma in the formula input wrong, and if it's not caught by anyone, it can have a huge impact on the rest of the business because this is the tool that you're using to make these huge decisions and to make these financial impact decisions. And a formula that's wrong can have such a detrimental impact to your supply chain because you calculated the CBM wrong or the cargo ready date was wrong or whatever the case may be. And so it's also very much, I know it's grown and they're more interactive and Excel has a lot more functionality than it did a couple of years ago, but at the same point in time, it still requires that manual intervention. It still requires very much, you know, this person owns this Excel sheet, this, and it's on this hard drive. It's not shared widely. It's, it's more of a hindrance when it comes to those types of things than it is a tool. And of course, the tool is only going to be as accurate as the, the recency and the accuracy of the data you're even putting into it in the first place. And it was said many times throughout uh, the earlier seminars is that the data has to be completely clean and accurate before you even can attempt to think about improving your supply chain or taking on, on board those innovations because it 
your data might be pointing to the wrong technology improvement. You know, it might be saying, hey, go get robots, but it, it it's not what you need in order to improve your supply chain. And I suppose, I mean, a lot of the things that we're saying are causing pain points. I can't imagine are a surprise to lots of people on this session. Lack of visibility, lack of timely or accurate data, disparate systems, multiple suppliers and multiple members of the process that aren't speaking. I think we know it and I think we probably have all felt it in some way or another. But it's often challenging to even think about how to overcome so many hurdles when you're facing them all at once. And I wonder, and, and you know, Priscilla, again, I'll go first to you and Tamira, I'm sure you'd love to build on this, but if you were to go back to first principles and, and if we were to say, you know, what are the raw ingredients required to build that smarter supply chain kind of from the ground up and how would you approach that? We'd love to hear your insight there. So for me, again, it was always going to start the cornerstone of anything is going to be completely accurate data. And then from there, it's also ensuring that you have everything as connected as possible, whether through API, EDI, whatever the connection may be, but you have that systematic connection so that the data flows through very cleanly. And again, you know, network workflows, your workflow shouldn't be customized to your old way of working. It needs to be to what the end goal is. And the end goal has to be what is driving you to this new innovation. Makes a lot of sense. And, and Tamir, what, what are your thoughts on that? And how are you approaching the, the Zencargo product and our, our product future with this in mind? For us, a main kind of goal and trajectory that the product is, is already on is making sure that we're able to really, really reflect everything that's happening as accurately as possible without making any compromises and any assumptions hidden in the system that prevents us from reflecting what is actually happening in reality. Uh, the workflows are very complementary to this, but we've we've come to realize that in order to increase efficiency, in order to facilitate better operations, better service, uh, interaction with the customer, interaction with other third parties uh, that are involved in kind of moving stuff, we want to be able to create these workflows that ensure consistency and ensure reliability, but also are very customizable because every supply chain of every customer is different, sometimes even each individual person might be uh, interacting with the system in a slightly different way. And we were trying to, to get the system to be able to do this at a highly customizable level so that every customer will, will get the best out of the system, but also will give them the best kind of service that we can. And the last area, which we kind of touched on, is, is bring it all together by connecting as many systems as possible. This would allow us to enhance automation, of course. So we're already doing it with, for example, truck tracking. So we have a connection to a tracking solution, as, as, as was discussed earlier in this forum. And we're able to, to pull that information automatically. So no manual intervention is required. And, and obviously, the data is much more accurate and much more reliable and much more up to date. And we're, we're doing this across all parts of the supply chain, from the ERPs to the manufacturer systems to the tracking solutions to custom systems, et cetera, and creating this network of systems that ensure data is flowing in real time or near real time and is as accurate, as clean, and as reliable as we can make it. Amazing. Thank you. And Priscilla, I was seeing a lot of nodding while, while Timir was running through that journey from the digital twin into the customizable workflows and then connecting your network. Tell us a little bit around, you know, you've been using this tool for a while now in your business. What's different following using Zencargo in the business? 
So the insight that it gives, the it, it allows us to be a lot more agile with planning and making sure that we are doing the right thing at the right time. And it is the most cost-effective way to do what we're doing. And I have the benefit of being part of the implementation team of the ERP that we just integrated into many different things. And it was an eye-opening experience for an emerging company like Velocity Commerce, where they didn't have the sort of visibility that we had before. They couldn't tell you in real time what stage of the PO process and the booking process and where the ship was in the world and how what the CBM, they didn't have that tool. And being able to basically open up a whole new world for them has been almost, I mean, it makes me feel like a rock star and it makes me look like a rock star, which, you know, I can never complain about. But also it makes me better at my job because then it frees my time up to look at the th- initiatives where we can save more money elsewhere in the chain. It was, it was, every time you fix something, there's always something else to iron out and make better. So it allows me to do my job better. And it's it's actually quite nice to have that kind of, you know, not having to be on the phone for hours just tracking three shipments. I can go to one true source of data. And again, I will harp on about it as much as everyone else has, is data for me is the most important thing, because if it's inaccurate, then I'm going to be wrong. And I look foolish. And We don't do that. Well, you know what, if the least that we can do is make you feel like a rock star, it's a win. <laughs> it's such a good point, because I think, you know, something that we're seeing time and time again, in the last two years have highlighted this possibly more than ever before is supply chain professionals are the rock stars often in the back office of the building. And there are so many opportunities for us to add value to businesses through supply chain. And, you know, I'm just thinking of the potential for all of the supply chain professionals on this call. Were they equipped with the right tools, with the right infrastructure, with the right resources and ultimately the right data? What do you think are the sort of different ways in which supply chain professionals can add additional value to the business? Well, so one initiative that is close to my heart is container utilization. Before pre-pandemic, you know, container, 40-foot containers, couple of grand here, it didn't matter how much you shipped. But one of the first things that I did was ask, what is the CBM of each and every single product we have and how can we maximize this shipment? What can we do to maximize and make sure we fill that container all the way? And it wasn't impactful until you show per container, how much money was lost based on the container utilization. And for that, that hit home really quickly with a lot of people in the business of, oh, wow, we need to look at that. This is something definitely that we need to make sure that we are monitoring every single shipment and it made it better. Not only did the box fill get better, but also we were able to make sure there were no gaps in, there are no shortages in our chain. We were accurately forecasting and accurately bringing across the right amount based on just one little initiative. And for that, I think a lot of people could benefit just looking at that one portion of it, you know, and other things we've done. The supplier dashboard that you have is, I'm going to, you know, it might sound like a little bit of a, it's it being able to score each supplier individually and tell you, this is what your utilization was. This is how many times you uploaded the PO prior to booking and giving them that scorecard also helps the buying team use that as a report card for the their suppliers and say, you failed to ship on time this many times. We would like a reduction or you owe us this much. You know, it's it becomes then a negotiating tool. 
it makes so much sense. And it must, you know, I think in terms of just data giving you ability to have new conversations, I bet some of your suppliers are quaking in their boots when they know they know you're looking at those dashboards. It's they so are now. <laughs> they are now. And and Tamir, what do you think about the ability of, of supply chain professionals to, to add value to the business? How do you see tools, resource and data helping them do that? I think we perceive this in, in kind of multiple ways. So the optimization that Priscilla was mentioning around kind of continued utilization is, is one avenue where you can basically reduce costs uh, either by reducing the number of containers that you're shipping, maybe using ocean instead of air if something is not urgent. If you had enough information to know when the product is needed, you could actually make that decision and reduce both the cost. But also when we do these kinds of optimizations, we always think of the environmental impact and how that actually get reduced as, as a result of what's what's been saved, not just from a monitor perspective, but from a CO2 perspective, et cetera. And the other part is, is the ability to actually ensure that there's the right inventory, the right place at the right time, so that sales don't get missed. So you actually are impacting the top line, not just the bottom line. I think these are the areas where basically supply chain professionals can shine when they have the right tools, when they have the visibility, when they have the right data, and basically a solution that gives them the power to make these decisions at the right place and the right time. And I think, you know, it's so lovely to hear us talking about supply chain professionals shining and being rock stars because, you know, I really hope that the last couple of years and, and I, you know, I think from a Zen Cargo perspective, we really believe in the potential of the supply chain professional and the role of the chief supply chain officer who has a seat at the table, who influences business strategy. And the, the time has come for the, the back office to move in and, and to really take that, that place. Thank you. I can see some of our audience have already asked questions. Priscilla and Tamir, there's lots of different things, but let's start with the first question we've got in. Priscilla, how does the tech that you have as a logistics team differ from other teams in your business or from previous businesses that you've worked with? The tech that we use um, in my department, I wouldn't say that it differs very much. It's just the way that I, the what I'm looking at and what I'm using to extrapolate the things that I need and to get the raw data and make it into something that is presentable to the wider business. Um, it's not so much, yeah, it's not so much there's a difference in tech. It's just the tools that I have to see what I need to see, the, the vision and having that insight into what I have. It, it's it's almost a different lens for a camera. Like it gives me, we're looking at the same picture, but at the same point in time, uh, I'm using a zoom lens because I only want to focus on this. Whereas the buying team has a macro lens and they're looking at the, the very granular details. So I wouldn't say that there's so much a difference in tech, but a different way that we utilize the same tech. I think that's such a great answer. And I love your analogy of the, the camera because ultimately you're all looking at the same image, but with those different lenses that enable you to all find success. I think that's a really lovely way of thinking about it. And so another question for you, someone's asking, what in particular has made you feel like a rock star with the visibility you've brought in? Honestly, it's the tracking, uh, the traceability. The One of the biggest issues that one of the first things I was tasked with was providing visibility of stock across the world. And it seems like a very daunting task, but when you have the right tools and you have the right partners, 
it isn't because you just connect them up together and make them speak together and all make them speak the same language without having 17 different translators. So for me, that was one of the biggest things is saying, I know how much stock I have in this place at this given moment. And that, you know, was revolutionary for uh, up and coming business. And as well as, and I'm going to say it again, the container utilization, just being able to show in a financial impactful way, this is how much money we are losing every single time we ship this because we haven't added another 50 units, another 100 units. And that, it resonates with the people higher up because it has financial impact. And I've always said that logistics, and I've always been told logistics is not a revenue stream. It is a cost center. And my job, I always take it as where can I make it more efficient, but cost less <laughs> or stay the same, but more efficient. I mean, I could talk all day about container utilization with you and you could probably talk even more than I could because I know you're so passionate about it. But you made me think about another question, which is I wonder whether you're finding anything challenging in some of the interactions that you're having in the business now as you take on that new role. So you spoke about the conversation that says, I've got the data, I can see what's going on. You're leaving money on the table. Has it changed the nature of any of your stakeholder relationships? I mean, at first, yes, it is because no one, change management is always really difficult. So whenever anyone comes in with things that they want to change or they have really grandiose ideas and you're going to get some real resistance, you know, it's, but this is the way we've always done it. And this is the way we've always done it. But so supply chain, it isn't linear. It is, it has to be agile. It has to be flexible. It has to be something that can ebb and flow with everything that's surrounding us. And so with that, at the end of the day, everyone will come along and understand the Priscilla way of thinking as it always has been, but it was difficult at first, like trying to explain to people that I'm doing this for a reason. It's not because I want to just change everything because I'm new. It's because there's money on the table, like you said, because there is a definite, and we can, and then tell, you know, showing we can move this money here and then freeze up this, you know, and it, it then becomes real and tangible and it becomes that it's a low hanging fruit, but it's very valuable, low hanging fruit. Makes a lot of sense. Tamir, this is a question I, I think for, for you as a starter, which is, is blockchain being used for the enhanced visibility between the different parties in the transactions, or is there any potential for blockchain to be used in the supply chain visibility journey? In theory, yes. Uh, blockchain in this context would be akin to a ledger where you can log all the transactions and where everything is. Uh, the main problem, in my opinion, and this is probably open for a massive debate, but uh, is that in order to do that, everyone needs to be on the blockchain. And to be able to get everyone to adopt the same solution is always going to be incredibly difficult. Uh, if you think of all the customers, all the manufacturers, all the shipping lines, et cetera, et cetera, everyone will need to use the same blockchain or have blockchains that are connected to each other, which is another big conversation to have at some point. So in theory, yes, it's a good solution. That means that your storage is immutable and and, and you can rely on the information that's stored in it. But in, in practice, I think we're a ways away from having something like that deployed. Uh, it's, it's easier to have systems that are connected and data is clean and we make sure that it's uh, up to date, et cetera. 
than to try to enforce basically a standard across the industry. Makes a lot of sense. I'm going to say if anyone wants to uh, join the blockchain and supply chain debate with Tamir, I would jump on into LinkedIn. I'm sure he's very willing to have the conversation and he is definitely more qualified than I am. So Tamir, thank you for tackling that blockchain question. I'm getting a trigger to start wrapping up, but I have one final question that I'd love to ask you both. And it's it's one I'd love you to answer as succinctly as possible. Otherwise, I, I'm going to have to wrap us up. But it's tell me what you see when you dream of and you envisage the future for supply chain and logistics? For me, it's it's a world where everything is connected to everything else. Data is, is available to everyone. And, and it's clean enough and real-time enough and very, very accurate as in reflecting of, of the real world that machines can start help us make better decisions and optimization. So you can deploy... AI machine learning using these clean data sets to actually start doing predictions and decision support, and in a very distant future, actually allow the system to make the majority of those decisions, if not all of them. Uh, but that's way into the future. Basically, you're one trying to put us all out of jobs. Thanks, Tamir. <laughs> no, no I completely agree with you. You can make decisions that are at a much higher level and don't have to worry about the day-to-day, basically. Deal. Um, And I will echo those statements. It's very much a very connected, very more streamlined world where everything talks to and uses the same language. And, you know, everything just kind of works. And the people, our job becomes more of, is this correct? Do I agree with it? Yes. Continue on. That makes a lot of sense. Guys, thank you so much. Tamir, thank you so much. Priscilla, always a rock star. Great to have you here. Thank you both. Huge thank you also to our audience for tuning into this episode. If anyone has any questions or any feedback, please do contact us on LinkedIn. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. But for now, and until our next episode of Freight to the Point, goodbye.